we have to talk about the Dame stuff. It's in your story that back in 2021, he reached out to Dame just asking for advice. Yeah. And Dame got back to him. <laughs> I know that Dame was at his workout in Portland last summer, or not last summer, like last month. Sorry, I can't talk right now, but la like last month. There's a lot going on. There's uh, a lot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and that they have been in touch during the whole pre-draft process. Obviously, there's kind of a lot going on with Dame right now and will continue to be so for at least the next couple weeks in one direction or, or the other. Do you think that they can actually play together on the court? I have no idea, but let's <laughs> get back. I think yeah. um, it was really funny because uh, when I was there, he received the D the day of the interview, he had received the DM the night before. From, from Dame. Dame. So it was like very fresh. And this yeah. was like a very exciting moment for Scoot. And like he showed me the DM and it, to, to give you an example of the type of like respect that he has for Dame and the humility, you know, I think I forgot the exact wording it's in the story, but the, he used both names like, yo, Damian Lillard, my name is Scoot Henderson. Like instead of just being like, yeah, my name is Scoot. Like I'm, you know, as if you should know who I am. He, you know, he was like Scoot Henderson, here's my name. And he was like, can you, and it, and what I respect is that he wasn't just like, hey, what's up? Like what are, he asked a specific question about, letting go of misses and you know when your shot isn't falling and it's being imperfect right mm -hmm. because food is preoccupied like we said with fear of failure and all of these things so i just thought that was so interesting that he came with a specific thing it's kind of like you know when i remember being coming up and i would reach out to different writers and you can't just be like hey i love your work you have to like ask us what's some just what's some advice and, and it's like there's so i mean i get those i get those emails too and i'm sure you do and like there's so oh, many yeah. different like if somebody says hey hey do you have some advice for getting into the business like okay what am i supposed to do with that there's so many different directions but if you have like hey what is this specific thing that like not yes. only does that not only does that like show and i mean this is just you know advice for anybody reaching out to anybody in the field whatever field they want to get into if you ask them a specific thing yeah. that they are good at that you want to know more about, that's going to make that person feel like he isn't just like that. That probably made Dame feel like this kid isn't just sending this DM to like every different NBA player that he follows. He's he actually specifically sent this to me for a specific reason and actually wants this answer from me specifically. And that's going to make somebody more likely to respond and you know respect you. Literally, exactly. And um, it's not just hey, can I pick your brain? Which like, yeah. Tells time i hate um, that phrase no i hate saw, nobody picked my brain anymore i don't have it <laughs> um but i think um i think it's exactly what you just said and that's why i think scoot is so intelligent and he's so introspective and he's a studier and i think that the, the exact question that he asked dame was so interesting because yes i see that when i see dame like you see this confidence but you know that dame is also human and so for every dame time moment there were also moments i'm sure where he wasn't as confident or wasn't in his flow. So I just love that Scoot like made that relationship. And when Scoot was showing me the DM, he was just so geeked. It was just, and this is what I mean by like, I love profiling young guys at this stage because they're so excited and they're so green. There's no sense of being jaded. He was like, look, he messaged me last night. He responded to my message. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah and it's like, it, again, it's like, it's like imagine yourself like reaching out to your favorite writer. You right. know, it was, it was like me when like Wright Thompson 
emailed me back like after my literally and you're just like oh my god right thompson knows i exist Literally, right, Thompson like, read my email. Like, it doesn't even matter what what he says or if he can like help get you a job or whatever. It's like he he knows I exist. He knows who exactly. I am. Exactly. And so I look at you know Scoot being as highly touted as he is, and to have that very like refreshing humility, I found so endearing. Uh huh. And I mean, Scoot, I think is a little bit just, just in what little I've gotten to be around him since the you know the draft happened and and all that. He's a little bit more of like a brash, like loud personality than Dame is, but their mental approach and just kind of their attitude towards life and towards work and towards all this stuff, it strikes me as very similar. It, it's really interesting because like, I think back to the, you know, I, I forgot when this was, but do you remember when like Dame was talking about how like, this is not pressure, you know, this mm-hmm. is just basketball, like pressure. And he was talking about real life pressures. I forgot. Was this was on a- the, was, maybe it was on the JJ Raddick one. This was like a couple years ago. It was like such an, it was kind of, it wasn't as like viral as like the Giannis quote on right. failure. But no, it but was- I mean, Dame, Dame says stuff like that all the time. So I, 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 I'm sure I, I'm sure I've heard exactly the one that you're talking about, but yeah, yeah. I know what yeah. you're talking about. It was years, it was years ago and it was so profound. And he was saying that like, you know, this is just ball, like this is not pressure. And I think Scoot is exactly the same way in that he views this game as like entertainment and uh-huh. it's, it's not pressure because it's just fun. And so it's like, you know, yes, official NBA game, very serious. But it's also like, this is the game that my sisters were backing me up in the post X years ago, you know, like this. And I think he he approaches it like that. Like the one thing that I really liked, and I think Dame obviously has this as well, is that, you know, Scoot was saying how he was really moved by when Kobe said, you know, sometimes I'll have a game and... I know that there is a kid or somebody who came to this game all the way to see me or they paid this amount and I can't let them down. I have to show out like Mm -hmm. and he's very conscious of that. And I think Scoot and Dame both have that sense of like realizing it's bigger than basketball. People really came to see me play like I have an obligation here. I have to show out. And then there's that like underdog mentality that Dame and Scoot have, you know, you know, Dame's journey and right. He wasn't supposed to be this big superstar. Well, ironically, people don't even talk about that with Scoot. He was very under-recruited, quote-unquote. And I know you're saying, how can you be under-recruited when, you know, you had an offer at 15 from China? But well, really, but like, at you, first... You go yeah. into, in the in the story, you go into the colleges that he had offers from, and it was, like, Auburn, which is, like, not yeah. a small school, but it's not like he was getting offers from, like, Duke and Kentucky and UCLA and all these just, like, big-time programs. Exactly. Like, he wasn't, like, oh, my God, Scoot Henderson is the next big thing. And, you know, in our culture that, like, really valorizes the youngest as possible, if you don't have, like, the big programs recruiting you by eighth grade, people are almost looking at you like, what's wrong with you? And mm-hmm. I, I think that, you know, Scoot, Scoot had the benefit of having such a present family that reminded him that rankings aren't important and that, you know, development and getting better is important. So it's it's just I think of that journey of that feeling like, you know, passed over or whatever that really him and Dame like both have that in their histories. So look, I, I have no idea what's going to happen. Um but I think they're really two really thoughtful, interesting people that understand that while this game is so important there's so many things obviously outside that are important i think they're both like really stand up stand up guys i really hope dame sticks around for a lot of reasons but i also think he will be so good for scoot 
Yeah. I mean, look, if that DM, imagine having yeah. that every day. Yeah. Imagine asking him questions like that every day. How much better Scoot could get because Dame is just he's a genius like how and dame, cool and dame and dame like really dame really the, the thing I, I obviously i know dame quite well because i covered him for years he really respects when somebody cares and puts in the work and wants to get better and wants to ask questions this past this past year uh you know that there was that that you know there's obviously that quote from his exit interviews where he's like we you know we i like shade and sharp but like that's enough 19 year old but like Shaden Sharp, like, I think when, when the Blazers drafted Shaden Sharp last year, instead of trading that pick, Dame was like, I don't know about this. But then he got to know Shaden and was like, okay, this kid asks good questions. This kid listens. This kid wants to get better. This kid, you know, puts in the work. And he really came around to, you know, I like, you know, I like this. I, I, and I kind of think just based on the mentality that Scoot has and everything that you've told me about him and everything that I've read about him in your story and others and other interviews that I've watched, they are just so similar in personality that I think Scoot can learn a lot from Dame, and I think Dame has a lot to offer Scoot if it, it ends up going that way, whatever happens with free agency or trades or whatever else. Yeah, I agree. And it also reminded me of, like, our conversation about books and business. Like, Dame is very, like, business-oriented. Oh, yeah. And the fact that he has all this stuff going on outside of basketball with music and all these, you know, the shoes. Like, I, I just think I could imagine that Scoot's questions – would cross over to like, okay, how do I be a successful businessman outside of this? The other thing also, and this is something that uh, Scoot mentioned in, because after the draft, he was in New York. We, Blazers Media, for the most part, was not. but So we did like a Zoom call with him from the draft that night. As far as like wanting to be a great point guard and wanting to learn, you know, how, you know, how to do that, who is the head coach of the Portland Trail Blazers right now? Chauncey Billups. Yeah, that's so, yeah, that's true. And he said he said on the night of you know the draft, he's like, I'm gonna pick Chauncey's brain. So I, again, I hate that phrase. I hate that phrase. I just realized when I was saying what the quote <laughs> was that like he said the other night. But you, but I, we were just talking about it. He was like, I'm gonna pick Chauncey's brain so much that he's gonna get annoyed by me. <laughs> he said that on draft that's night. <laughs> Wait, is Scott Brooks still an assistant? He coach? is. Yeah. Okay, so I. I interviewed Scott for my book on um, Hakeem Olajuwon because Scott was Scott's the best. He's so awesome, and he was um, he was a teammate on the championship team uh -huh. with the Rockets in '94. Anyways, I bring up Scott because obviously, yes, Chauncey, like point guard, you could ask him a tr trillion questions. Uh -huh. I mean, Chauncey like destroyed my childhood with the Pistons. Like <laughs> that's right. <laughs> So like I, I've seen it uh, like very up close. Yeah. But I bring up Scott because Scott has such a wealth of information. He knows how to be a good teammate. He's so smart. Um, and he learned a lot from Hakeem about um, what it takes to be a pro and how to give back and, and just, I don't know, just being a consummate professional all mm -hmm. the time and play your role. And obviously he would, Scott was in a very different position than Scoot is in his career, like as a role player versus Scoot is sure. a star. But I, I just think, I hope they get close because, mm -hmm. you know, Scott has a lot of a wealth of information to share. So it's not just Chauncey in my eyes. No, totally. And Scott also, Scott Brooks, besides, you know, playing with Hakeem and being on those championship teams with Houston, as a coach, he coached Russell Westbrook 
Right. He I coached mean, John Wall in Washington. Exactly. Like, say he's coached what, the same type of like explosive athletic point guard that Scoot Henderson is. He's coached those guys before. Exactly. Like, yeah, that's exactly great point. Yeah. I just think there's, there's a lot of people that Scoot can learn from, you know, I, and he's a learner. He's a studier. Mm-hmm. He's literally a listener. And, you know, um, I loved hearing about like Scoot's dad putting him in film sessions. Can you imagine like a child in film sessions? How old are we <laughs> talking here? Like a baby, like, like he was at his sister's games and then they'd all be watching film. And so like, uh-huh. he was at their film sessions from really, really young, like pre-middle school. So, you know, I just think he's, he has that attention span that like focus, focusing is a skill, listening is a skill, dissecting is a skill. And I just, I can just see him watching film with these people and like being so intent. Yeah. How's the Hakeem book going? The last time I had you on here was when you wrote the, <laughs> you wrote the, you had written the Greg Oden story and we had to talk around it because, you know, you had told me privately what the next book was, but you had not announced it publicly yet. So we couldn't yeah, actually talk right. about it. Now it's out there. So now I can actually ask you, how's the, how's it going? How's the, how's the book coming? It's I'm in the, I'm in the writing part, you know, it's a book is such a grind. I think it's, it's right. just hard having like, a normal job and a book at the same time, which obviously is such a privilege and a, a blessing. So I'm just, I'm really trying to balance um, as best I can because I want to have all these features out at the same time. <laughs> I want to pursue the best stories. And at the same time, I know that like, okay, this this book is requiring so much of my mental space, my time, my effort, but it's been fascinating. I, I think, you know, when, when you and I were at Bleacher, yeah. um, there was like this rule that was spoken and unspoken that like you couldn't really profile an older person. Like there were no coach profiles. Like we weren't allowed to do coach profiles. Like, I don't know if you remember that, but it was. I don't think you and I had the same set of editors and the same set. Of <laughs> That's true. That's a whole other conversation we can probably have off air. But, but I, I wasn't, a, you know, we weren't allowed to profile coaches. Like that was just a no, no because they uh. were you know, BR is a younger audience. And so we don't want to hear about older people. So I would say for a lot of my career, and maybe this goes back to how our conversation originally started, I really didn't profile anyone, you know, above 35. Um, So it's been such a fascinating experience to, in a sense, profile over, you know, 100, 30,000 plus words, somebody who's so much older that has lived a life. And it's really made me want to do more of this work in my ringer stuff, you know, like coach, like Scott Brooks, like he would make a fantastic profile, you know, and, and part of it is that, you know, teams don't make coaches available. So that's kind of like, impossible. but um, anyway, this project has really made me just have such a different experience than my normal thing. And, you know, I was born in 91. So Hakeem got his first title when I was like three. So um, it's just, it's been really fun for me to like study a different era. Like I said, Chauncey Lakers, Pistons Lakers, like that was my, you know, childhood. Like I went to Staples Center to, to go see one of those road games quote live. Um, so I was not around for this era of, of Hakeem Olajuwon. And it's been such an education for me, but also just such a pleasure to watch 90s highlights. I mean, it's so different than today. 
I love that's that's like the perfect zone of like all that stuff was on TV, all that stuff exists, all that stuff is on YouTube, but right. it's not so recent that like you remember watching it at the time, so you're still like learning and discovering new stuff. It has to be a little bit different though, because the Giannis book, you wrote that book like while Giannis was like at his apex exactly. of like right when he right around like that book came out right around when he won the first exactly. title with the Bucks, so like. He's in his prime right now. He's still very much like the guy right now. Whereas Hakeem was that guy almost 30 years ago at this point. And, exactly. And and so now it's like a whole, you know, there's way more other people that like he's either played with. So it's like older people, younger, you know, younger people. Because also like there was that whole thing. I remember like 10 years ago, every time there was like a center who was like, being talked about it was like oh Dwight Howard spent the summer working out on post moves with Hakeem Olajuwon or like Brooke Lopez worked out with him like that became that was a thing for like five years in the NBA that like that was what every big man would do during the summer was go work with Hakeem exactly and that's why I just feel like he's the forgotten pioneer he's the he's just the most underrated superstar you know of his generation and and he's worthy and deserving of you know a treatment like this and it it has been really interesting to see i thought it would be easier than the Giannis book because much time has passed he's you know older um you know but but there's also other challenges of memory right like mm -hmm. memory is a tricky thing in the moment and beyond how somebody remembers something 40 years ago right not necessarily the same as what happened 40 years ago and i think with somebody like him you know his nickname hakeem the dream mm -hmm. there is a real mythological storytelling aspect to this much like Giannis, you know the fairy yeah. tale of Giannis. um and so i i just think i find that really interesting so i'm more you know embracing that challenge of you know just first of all who's alive like bill fitch his first i was gonna say yeah not here anymore but um it's it's been cool because I'm I'm somebody who likes school like I'm a studier I'm a researcher I you know before this like in college I helped my professor with her book on Toni Morrison like I was I had the training of somebody that wants to get like a graduate degree <laughs> I was doing that sort of close reading research and all those skills are the same ones required for a project like this that is way more archival you know like. I'm reading through Houston Chronicle, 1981, 1982, you know, you gotta love that, you know, research and be disciplined enough to like really sift through the history of this. Do we have a date yet for the book? It's so it's due this October and it's coming out 2024. Um, don't have exact date when in 2024, but it is definitely slated for 2024. Okay, well, I'm, I'm looking forward to that one because like I'm kind of, I'm kind of like you. I obviously I'm well aware of Hakeem Olajuwon's yeah. legacy and all of that, but I don't know as much of like the detail. Like, because like I've been around and doing this for Giannis's whole career, so right, right. I I'm very familiar with like all the characters in the Giannis book and like the landscape of the NBA while, uh, you know, he was rising because it's like basically current, whereas. Right. You and I are around the same age. I think I'm a couple years older than you are, but like you and I are around the same age, so we kind of grew up watching the NBA in kind of the same time. So it's like like there there's going to be a lot more stuff I don't know in this book than there was in the Giannis yes. book. So I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, no, I hope you like it, and I hope that theme of you know the world, what it really seeks to do is not just be a standard biography, but show that 
this current landscape that we're talking about, the Giannis, the international world that, you know, I talked about so much in the first book, it goes back to Hakeem. He's the pioneer that doesn't really get that credit. There were no international stars before him. Um, He helped, you know, be that catalyst. Um, It's it's fascinating to think about. So um, I need all the writing gods, all the reporting gods to pray for me to get this draft in. Um, (laughs) But I I look forward to you've already done it once. (laughs) You've already done it once. You're going to do it again. And it's going to be, you know, your other your the the Giannis book was a New York Times bestseller. This one's also going to be a New York Times bestseller. You should do Arvita Sabonis next, by the way. Oh, my God. Well, it's funny. I was thinking, People are like, what's your third one going to be on? I'm like, my third one? Let no, me- I know. I, I'm, I'm sure you get a million people suggest, but as you're talking about like, yes. you know, that, you know, the origins of like international stuff, but then also like something that has a connection between like the NBA of that back then versus now, because his kid is in the league now, like that, that would be a really fascinating one for somebody to do. If not, if not you, then somebody. No, it really would. Or even just like a normal profile. That's a really yeah. interesting idea for sure. Yeah. Well, I'll see. You said you're not going to be at Summer League. I'm not going to be at Summer League. Okay, so I won't see you there, but I, I, I got to get down to LA at some point soon. You got to get back down to LA. Remember, the, what did we have in Vegas? Was it, it was this like giant milkshake? I'm whole remembering. Scenes. Oh my God. It was like bigger than me, right? Yeah. It was just like. <laughs> I mean, it was that that was just that was so wild because like so we got dinner that one night and then the next because you were you were in town. I I had just gotten in town for summer league. This was 2019. So this was like yeah. right before this was like the, the summer before COVID. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. you were you were in town doing the aces and yeah. it was like the one time that like our schedules lined up. So we got dinner and then yeah. the next day you were over at the whatever the arena is that the aces play in for a uh for you know for an aces game because you were working on that story that same night i was over at summer league for the zion debut and there was an earthquake oh my god yes i was and you were texting me like freaking out because like you're from la so you deal with earthquakes all the time but you were still just like freaking out and i was just like I totally forgot about. I was like, I don't do this. I don't like. I was. The There's arena. been a whole pandemic since then. It's easy to forget about it. Oh my god, the arena was shaking, and and the crazy thing was like, I was traveling with the Aces. I was doing like an embed thing, and we had to fly to New York at like three in the morning to go play the Liberty. And I was like, okay, so basically, I'm not going to sleep because I'm afraid if I go to sleep, there will be another earthquake and we will all die. And I remember like. <laughs> A spirit was there, and she was like, "Do you want to go hang out?" And I was like, "I'm not chancing it because of the totally, things." So yeah. I stayed in my. I just stayed in my room. <laughs> yeah. On some scoot, like we gotta wake up. We gotta wake up. Don't go to sleep. Yeah. Either when the either I need to get down to LA, or when the Hakeem book comes out, you need yeah. to actually do a book tour and come For here sure. and For do, sure. do a signing at Powell's because the the Giannis book came out like when COVID was still just like no. at the height of it so you didn't actually get to do a real like book tour or do appearances robbed, or any of that robbed of that experience yeah but, uh, I look forward to a, a Powell's meetup gotta happen well I'll, I'll talk to you soon thanks a lot for doing this thank you so much